everybody. Welcome back to Inside the Genie's Lamp podcast. I've got Laura in the studio and she has an amazing topic of what we're going to be running through. So Laura, take it away. What are we, what are we running through? What are we doing? What are we talking about? All right. <clears throat> so <coughs> the reason I want to talk about this is because I had an initial consultation with a client recently and this topic came up and she was telling me how when she went to the doctor the doctor had told her that she was predisposed to being overweight and getting diabetes because it was running in her family. And this is something that is kind of close to my heart when it comes to the genetic side of things, that people feel that just because their genes say something that it's going to dictate the rest of their lives. And it's not the case at all. Um, there's a saying, which I'm probably going to get wrong, but I think it's something like gene, the gene is the gun, but the lifestyle pulls the trigger. Is that right? Have you heard of that? Something like that. Yeah. I wouldn't know. Exactly it's something it like that. Something I like feel that. like I messed it up somewhere, but it sounds something like that. But anyway, she, she came to me feeling really down about it. I don't know how the doctor actually said it and described it to her, but it did sound like she felt very burdened with this, like she was stuck in the body that she had because it was, you know, passed down from her family. Um, but I feel like it spirals into either not taking action and looking after yourself because whether it's because of the person that's told you this situation and they haven't explained to you that there can be that something can be done about it. Or it's more of like um, a victim mentality, like, oh, it's it's my parents' fault. They gave me this genes. I'm stuck with it now. So I can't really do anything about it. Um, but Trav, you mentioned that this has come up with you as well, hasn't it? Yeah. Not you, not you personally, but you clients, with your clients. Yeah. 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 And it's um it is something where it's either just like the client has heard like set point theory before, which we're going to talk about in another episode as well. But there's, it's always kind of funny because it's like, well, I'm genetically predisposed to all of these things and these are the issues and this is why I can't do it. And then at the same time, I have that thought and I've told people this before. I'm like, well, then what are we doing on the phone? If it's all hopeless and it's all this and it's all that, why are you inquiring about a program that's going to help you with it all? They go, ah, fuck, good point. So yeah, there is something in them that knows that it's not all hopeless, but that's the experience that they've had so far that, I mean, obviously from everything that we do, it's like, have you tried every diet under the sun? Insert infomercial voice here. Have you done all of this stuff? Have you done this? Have you done this? And none of it's worked. Then come work with a fitness genie because we do things very differently here. And that's why, you know, people end up working with us. So yeah, yeah, I feel like it's just the the person's past experiences of doing all of that stuff that has aligned with that self-belief of I can't do it because of external thing, external reason. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, we end up working with them and changing their lives, but that's my experience yeah. with it. Yeah. And I, I felt like, um, especially when, when you personally hear this from a doctor who is a very credible person and you're more likely to take on their information from someone you're talking to on an initial consultation, um, you know, personal trainer, online coach, you're rationally in your head, you're more likely going to believe the doctor, right? So yeah. me saying, actually, no, there are things that you can do for this not to 
happen and to continue and to accumulate but the doctor didn't say that to her and the doctor kind of gave her like an ultimatum like this is kind of what you're stuck with um it's very hard to get out of that mindset and it makes me sad that people are hearing this on a daily basis um from people around them or from you know doctors and experts but i personally heard this in I, I had a personal experience from this myself where I got, um, I was having some health issues and I got a genetic test, which came back. I got a double gene mutation, which means um, of the MTHFR gene, which means that I methylate at 30% capacity to other regular people. And um, methylation means basically how um, the body processes lots of different things pretty much every function in your body has a methylation process so just how it's how that function is processed to get from a to b Hmm. um thank god you explained that i was like i didn't understand a single word (laughs) (laughs) i think i explained that properly i um i mean some people might be listening to this being like she done that what she's talking about but (laughs) that's okay (laughs) but we soldier on um so yeah, so I I um I have this methylation capacity of 30% compared to 100%, which would be a normal, regular human. And when I heard that, I was like, oh, that's not a lot. That no wonder I'm getting all of these health issues and stuff. But luckily the person who was who got me to do the test sat down with me and said, this isn't like the be all and end all what we need to do is make some lifestyle changes, some nutrition changes and, um, you know, stress relieving changes in your life in order for you to be able to methylate better, take some supplementation in order to help your methylation process. Um, and when I did that, I now feel so much better. And a lot of these health issues have subsided and I haven't had these symptoms again. So that shows you that although genes are, a part of you, they are not the be all and end all. And I think for a long time, for a number of years, because I've read this in a book, for a number of years, people thought that the genes that you have, you're stuck with, and that is going to be how, um, what happens in your life is dictated by your genes. Hmm. Whereas they found that genes can switch on and off and can be triggered by different things in your environment. And there's still this process of allowing people to understand that, like it's still not as well known as it should be. Mm. So for anyone listening to this, if they've been told I am, you know, you're predisposed to diabetes or predisposed to cancer or heart disease, like I was told that I'm more likely to get heart issues and stuff. I even had a heart issue, which I currently still do, but I haven't had any symptoms since I've taken action on my lifestyle you can reverse things, you can make things better for yourself. So you don't have to end up with getting a heart attack or, you know, getting diabetes, you can stop it in its track, you can reverse things too. Um, Mm. That's, that's pretty Mm. much what I what I wanted to bring up, because I think it's a really important message for a lot of people. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm genetically predisposed to depression, and anxiety, and ADHD. And I'm the world's best brother because I just fucking took all of them for my brother and um, took all of them away from him. 
So <laughs> oh, you're so those, kind, Trav. <laughs> I know. I'm just I'm a generous caregiver. What can I say? <laughs> <laughs> and um, I'm I'm predisposed to a lot of things that theoretically I shouldn't shouldn't be a health coach from all of these things, and all of the injuries that I've got, as well as all of the um, mental health issues that I've got, most of them have come from the fact like my dad played a lot of sport, my mum played a lot of sport when they were younger. So then obviously I started doing that. All the injuries came off the back of doing that at a young age because I feel like nobody taught me how to land. It was like, just go full throttle, just go for that. And I was like, okay, and just threw my body everywhere. And then eventually it caught up to me when I was like, hmm, this gridiron thing is starting to hurt. Maybe I should do something about that. And then on top of all of that, the mental health issues. But I sort of figured it out early on that a lot of people are trying to put life into a full stop and I want life to be a question mark. So what that means is when someone says you are genetically predisposed to being overweight, that's a full stop because there's no conversation to it. There's no ellipses, which is like the dot, dot, dot. There's no continuation for that. But then instead of that being the, well, okay, what does that mean? What do I do from here? Turning it into that question of like, how do I turn that into something? How do I make that useful? How can I do all this stuff? Exactly. That's the thing that, yeah. that's the thing that I wanted to focus on because I learned from a really young age that it was like, oh, I don't want to be this and that. And I was talking to a client in the gym last week insert lack of time concepts sometime in the previous 18 years that I was talking to a client in the gym <laughs> and um I said to them I was like well 18 years like, concept of time I'm trying to work <laughs> out how old you okay. would have been <laughs> yeah, I would have been 10 <laughs> oh, so damn. what you want to do is <laughs> wouldn't have even known anything back then um <laughs> But I said to a client at the gym, um, when I was really young, it was, and I remember it because it was really weird. I, I think I was driving home with my mum, and it was just one of those weird memories that just got unlocked and it happened like the day before. And then I said to my client, it was like, what do you want to be when you grow up? And this was when I was like starting to, I don't know what age I would have to be to start going into high school, but we were considering high school. And then it was like, oh, high school is super serious because that's where you do everything in high school that eventually leads you to the job. And all I was being told at that time was everything that I'm going to do at the moment in high school and what I do there is eventually going to lead to me having X job. So the reason that I did Japanese in high school was because my dad said a lot of Japanese businessmen, like there's a lot of Japanese businessmen. So if you want to be good at business, then it's probably going <laughs> to serve you better. Him. Yeah, it's like it's going to be better to know Japanese than it is French because more than likely that's why. And I was like, okay, well, that's just what I do. I'll just be good at business by knowing Japanese. And every decision was do this because that's going to lead to a better job. And I was like, cool. So that's what I do. And when that was what high school was sort of like positioned as, like it's just a means to get a successful job. And then when I wasn't successful at high school, or I wasn't good at it, then I was like, well, I'm just going to have a shit job then because that's that. And then mum was asking me like, what do you want to be when you grow up? And then I was like, you know, insert kid responses here of like, I want to be an NBA scout. I want to do this. I want to do that. 
And then everything that I wanted to do that was like a dream, instead of it being like, okay, cool, how like how would you get there? And how do you do this? And what's your plan? And theoretically, a 10-year-old's not going to have that fucking answer, but at least get them thinking about it. It was just like, no, that's stupid. That's never going to happen. Like, what do you really, what do you want to be? And I was like, I don't know. And then I was like, I want to be a chef because I like cooking and I like doing this. Mum was like, don't do it. Shit hours, shit pay. Like, you'll, you'll hate being a chef. And I was like, okay, well, everything that I wanted to be has just been smacked down immediately. So I was like, I don't know. Maybe I'll just be a carpenter like my brother. And then through the relationship problems that my parents had, it eventually hit a point where it was like, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I was like, not like you guys. And then I just remember that so vividly where it was like, what do you want to be when you grow up? It's like, I don't want to be like you. I don't want to be like dad. I don't want to be either of you because you all seem very upset and not happy. So I just want to be happy. And if that means me like being me, obviously didn't say it as coherent as this because I was fucking 10. But I was like, <laughs> I just want to be me because like, I don't even know what that is. But I was like, I just want to be happy. And I know that you and dad aren't happy. So I don't want to be like either of you. And then we drove home in silence for like the next 15 minutes and there was nothing said. And mum just like opened the door, unlocked it. And I was like, cool, had a conversation. That's all good. Go in, play my PlayStation, everything all normal. And that was it. That's sort of like, that's where the memory ends. But I was like, that was it. I had to do this and these were the guidelines and this is what I had to do. And parents are pushing me to do this. And it was just like, you have to do this. And everything in my life was or should have gone this way. And then through all the shit that I went through in life that has happened to me and that will happened for me and That's all of the, the, all of the predispositions <laughs> and the reasons that should say you should be down here. I sort of took all of that from a full stop and turned it into a question of, okay, how can I use this? And oddly enough, I spoke to my therapist last night and he goes, you have an amazing coping mechanism. He goes, I don't think it's really positive, but it is a good coping mechanism. And I was like, that's a fucking backhanded compliment. Thank you so much for that. And he said, anytime something negative happens to you, you turn it into something useful. I'm not going to say you turn it into something positive because right now you're overworked and burnt out and you're not exactly loving life. So you turn it into something useful, but now we have to be careful about not doing too much of that and actually having mm -hmm. more positive things in your life. I was like, mm -hmm. fucking all right. So everybody listening to the podcast, you owe me $195 because that's how much my therapist cost. And that was the thing that I got out of it. So thank you so much. I'll send you an invoice. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, just turning it into a question instead of a full stop. That's I really like that analogy. That's good. Because I was going to say, like, turn it into your superpower. Because mm -hmm. now what I've learned, I am able to pass on to others. Like, I'm able to say to people, in you know in our mindset calls like just because you have been given this on a plate does not mean to say that you have to take it like um when I started I've always been so I've very much seen my health as like I am the active participant in it I think in western society we're almost we're learned to be a passive patient whereas I am always always made a point of being an active participant in my own health like you know, you go to the doctors, they give you pills and et cetera. Look, I'm not taking anything away from um, doctors and pill taking. Like 
when it comes to medications, there are extremely great medications that are there to help people. I totally appreciate that. But I just feel like there is a more passive approach, which, um, which can um, emphasize the person not taking action or accountability for certain things. Um, and when, when I had all these symptoms occurring, um, when was it? It was last year and I had, and I got diagnosed with a heart condition. I had like really awful rosacea, like terrible mental health, anxiety, like every day was like panic attacks was not fun. Um, but I, I took the opportunity to learn from it and I managed to get help, do my own research as well. So I read like six books within, uh, seven months I think all on me taking back my own health and understanding more about myself um and I was able to hopefully reverse whatever was going on with me and when I found out about the test that I did the genes this was whilst I was on my healing journey when I first saw the results I'd never done any sort of gene testing before and when this came up and he explained what was going on and what this meant I was like oh my god I'm doomed like 30 percent capacity like 30 percent methylation that's awful <laughs> like i'm i'm gonna get cancer in a month like <laughs> at this rate yep. like because basically what it means is you can't get rid of toxins very well either like i don't sweat very much um but these are all things that i can train like i can go to saunas and train my body to sweat more and all these things and get release toxins i can like now i know that you know, obviously when I got the results, I was like, oh shit, okay, um, this doesn't look good for me. I'm over 30, like, uh oh, like, am I gonna last till 40 with this percent, like 30% capacity? Uh -oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I was just like, no, don't. and obviously it was very anxious at the time, but so my thoughts were spiraling. When my natural health doctor gave me supplementation to help me with um my mental health oh my gosh when that stabilized I was like I could see the woods for the trees and I was like oh no I can actually take action on these things this doesn't mean that I'm doomed I just need to make sure that there are certain things in my life that I keep up in order to make sure that I remain healthy so it does mean that I have to have a very clean diet I can't have quote unquote fun stuff, but I've made them, I've now perceive it differently. I don't see it as I'm missing out on the fun stuff. I actually mm. feel so much better in my skin without those things that I don't feel like I need them. I'm not attached to them. So yes, I can't have caffeine. I don't drink alcohol. I don't eat very much sugar at all. Um, all these things, they're not a part of my life, but that's okay because they don't define me. So I'm not attached to them. Um, but I think a lot of people when they also hear what they need to do in order to make sure that they're looking after their health. They get a bit scared about all these things they need to give up. I guess mm -hmm. I'm going into like a different topic here, but this is to do with like attachments and um, um, what is it? You're identifying yourself as a person who needs these things to survive when really you don't. Mm -hmm. um, I remember listening to a Ben Pakulski 
podcast and he said that he was determined not to be reliant on anything in his life even like medications and supplements and stuff and I really thought about that when I heard that it must have been like four years ago and I was like yeah I can see how coffee I am reliant on coffee on a daily basis to live my life that doesn't seem right I'm really reliant on having chocolate in my life to make me happy that doesn't seem right and all Mm. these things started creeping up and like now because of the genetic tests that I got done and all these symptoms that have happened to me and me taking action on my life, I've been able to reverse all these things that I was reliant on and somewhat addicted to. Um, and now I don't need them anymore. So I've turned it into my superpower because I've been able to let go of all these attachments. That was a really long-winded way of me saying that, but we got there. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> the more information, the better. <laughs> Hopefully that made sense. <laughs> It made sense to me. <laughs> and if I can Good. understand something, fucking anyone can. <laughs> but yeah. yeah. Well, that's awesome. Mm. Yeah. It's the, like, the easiest thing is, um, I suppose, like, the easiest analogy is PCOS. Mm. I have so many people that come to me and say, I have PCOS and I, I can't lose weight. And there are so many studies that are coming out now to say people with PCOS can lose weight at the same rate as people without PCOS through the exact same interventions of calorie deficit resistance training. And it's a little bit different for everybody, but um, like in terms of how you achieve that calorie deficit, and if obviously you can't get to the gym, is going to be very different to someone who like, yeah, I've got an extra two hours in the morning, I can get to the gym. Working around those lifestyle factors, yeah, we can figure it out. But all of a sudden it's not the PCOS that's holding them back. All of a sudden it's the lifestyle and it's the opportunities that they have to be able to move and to be able to have this diet. But that's the good thing about working with your diet is that not everybody is going to have access to a fully equipped gym, but everybody is going to have access to nutrition in some sort of degree. I'm talking to someone on TikTok at the moment in Kenya and they go, Hey, how do I do this with my diet? And I have no idea what, like what they've got access to. I've never been to Kenya. But at the same time, they're like, oh, all of this stuff that is typically said on TikTok about what you have to do with your diet, I don't have access to any of that. So how can I improve my diet if I don't have access to that stuff? And we're going back and forth at the moment. I only just responded this morning. so. Um, But we're going back and forth at the moment as to how can she improve her life with this different lifestyle? And particularly if we're talking to people in like Australia, America, UK, people who theoretically, yes, the cost of living sucks balls at the moment, but theoretically we have access to a lot of stuff that most people don't, but sometimes it's just easier to be, I can't do this because of this. It's like, well, no, you can. It's like, well, no, I can't. And then the mental block all of a sudden becomes, I want to hold on to this label that I have because it's a lot easier to hold on to the label and not do something and take action because Like you said, I don't want to give up this stuff and I don't want to do this and this. It sounds like a lot of hard work, even if that's not what someone is outrightly saying. It can be, my doctor has said this, 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 this. So therefore it's hopeless. And Mm -hmm. that's the full stop. And then it's like, okay, obviously we come in and go, so what do you want to do about it? And it's like, I don't know. What do you feel like you can do about it? I don't know. Okay. How would you feel about like, what are you doing at the moment? Nothing. Okay. How about we start with something? It's not going to work. How about we just try? How about we just give it a go? 
because then it becomes a question of like this is your life then fucking good luck to you and yeah like why why did you sign up to the program we don't have a miracle answer (laughs) yeah it's It's gonna be tough yeah it's gonna be fucking hard but yeah the people that have the most successful people on the program are the people that a have come off the back of the podcast and then b they're the people that are just like this is gonna suck but i'm so sick of insert position as to where they are in life i'm so sick of this 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 and those are the two common things that i've found with people that when they're signing up they're the people who are going to fucking smash it they're consuming Mm -hmm. all of this and then they're just like you know what i do want to improve it is going to be hard work but it has to be better than where i am right now and that one percent chance of this is going to be a bit of a throwback but also not of the question that I asked, and it's a little bit of a slap in the face, but it's almost like, would you rather get shot in the face or would you rather play Russian roulette? Ooh. Every, most people are going to play Russian roulette. People who just want to be yeah. shot in the face, then it's like, okay, cool, go do that. And me at 18, it would have been like, well, both, because <laughs> I'm an absolute smart ass. But the chance of playing Russian roulette is there is a chance you might live and there is a chance Mm -hmm. that you may succeed and there is a chance that you're going to do this. Even if it's just like two people, there's a 50% chance there. And I love that analogy because it is an absolute definite that whatever your label is, whatever your predisposition is, wherever you are in life, whatever you are doing currently, if you don't change anything about that, it is an absolute definite that nothing is going to improve and that you are going to stay exactly where you are. And then I am also under the impression that if you do not improve something from a bad state, you are compounding yourself into an even worse state because you're not doing anything about it. That is going to compound into you being worse in a year, five years, whatever, because you're not doing anything to improve. So then if you're not improving, I mean, you can stagnate and stay where you are, but most people are either moving backwards or forwards. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what I believe anyway. Um, yeah. probably why I'm so mentally stressed. <laughs> I have to move yeah, I forward. Think, <laughs> <laughs> I think, um, I think with my example of like my own personal experience, I understand that like I go real deep, real quick with these things. And because I think I've practiced letting go of things very well, that I understand maybe the route that I took was is a lot more severe that other people may not feel comfortable with doing. But um, I like I, I think a lot of people they think, oh, I have to change everything in one go. Whereas you don't have to necessarily do that. Like I have a client who is struggling to get sleep in at the moment. And she's a bit nervous to change her sleep routine because it means that she has less time for herself because she has a very hectic job. Um, and so when I suggested it to her, she was just like, well, if if it means that I have to change up my sleep, then I have to go to bed at 10 p.m. rather than I think she's going at 1, PM, 1 a.m. at the moment. 10 p.m. that means I have absolutely no time to for this and this and this and this so I literally all I'm doing is working and sleeping like I don't even have time to have dinner and I was like whoa 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 I never said you have to do that (laughs) I said so instead of going to sleep at 1 a.m. let's let's start with 12 or even 12 30 half an hour extra sleep that's all right like that's better than 
that less your accent makes it sound so fun (laughs) (laughs) extra 30 minutes that's all right (laughs) i said it over email (laughs) if i say it like extra 30 minutes not bad you're like oh well (laughs) i guess but when you say it i'm like 30 minutes that's exciting isn't it <laughs> i actually wrote it to her an email so she didn't hear me say it but maybe i'll say it to her next time <laughs> but um but yeah like that's way more achievable that's something that she can actually ch- like change on a regular basis and she can reduce just that 30 minutes of her time to it's still going to be her time it's still going to be that me time but it's just going to be un- <laughs> unconscious <laughs> Unconscious, unconscious me time. We love that. <laughs> I don't know where I was going with that. I was trying to make it better, <laughs> feel like a yep. better situation, but you know what I mean? I'm not yep. going to get the giggles. I'm not yep. going to get it. You can improve yourself while being unconscious. That's it from the <laughs> fitness genie. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, it's a, um, yeah, it's just a, a belief system that people have of like, this is what it's going to take to do this stuff. And people are very all or nothing like they're either in or out and you know you used a perfect example there of like well if i have this perfect routine or if i improve my sleep that means i have to like go to bed three hours earlier and do this and you know i know i know a lot of people that do that i used to do that myself but now it's just like okay i just want to do this first step everyone Mm -hmm. jumps to the end and everyone is trying to solve problems that don't even exist yet because it might be a problem down the road and it's like okay well if you want to lose 20 kilos, if you have all of these issues, let's just say you have 20 medical issues that you have to fight through or figure out in order to lose 20 kilos, of course, it's going to feel overwhelming and you're not going to want to do anything because it's going to seem hopeless because why would you do that? But why not just focus on the first 500 grams? Why not focus on the weight not going up for this week? Why don't we focus on, there are so many different first steps that you can take, but a lot of people are trying to solve the issue of like, okay, but I don't want to do all this. And then when I lose the 20 kilos, like, what do I do then? I'm like, we haven't even lost yeah. the first kilo yet. Let's focus on that. And then when we get there, the answer is going to solve itself. Cause there's so many mm-hmm. things that obviously happen through life that obviously I didn't know that I was going to be here and have this business and do all this stuff. Theoretically, I should have been dead at 20, but taking all of that stuff is just like, I don't know what the next step is, but if I figure out this step, then I'm going to be able to see through the fog and take that second step. And then it just becomes do that step. And it's like, oh, now I can actually see the third step. And I'm in a mirror image, mirror image. Let's go with that one. It is a mirror image right now of my life from 2023 to where I was in 2017. There is the exact same shit that is going on just in a completely different circumstance. So now I actually have something to lose. I have a house. I have a puppy. I have a fiance. I have all of these things that I dreamed about. And yet I feel like I'm in the same position. So mm-hmm. this is something that obviously I ran through in therapy, but, and something I'm going to continue to run through um, or sidestep because apparently running through stuff is not great for you. Um, but it's a mirror image and it feels like I'm in that same position of I'm still struggling and I'm still doing all of this stuff realistically. I've taken so many different steps to be able to get from that 2017 to where I am now of just starting the fitness journey and just getting back into things to now. And one hour of work for me now 
is the equivalent of like five to six hours of work of me in 2017 because I had fucking no idea what I was doing back then. Still feel like I don't, but I at least know what the first step is and I can do that. <laughs> <laughs> so Yeah, I think, yeah, sorry, go for it. No, you go. Well, I was going to say like to bring it back to like with the all or nothing approach, it's definitely a factor when it comes back to like our original thing about talking about genes and what you're predisposed to and like feeling doomed. I think it also comes back to the victim mentality and not holding that, trying to step away from that mentality. Mm. Like I could have blamed my mum and my dad for the double gene mutation to have all these heart issues, like, and things going wrong, but- You should sue them. Yeah, I should, shouldn't I? Emotional damage. (laughs) (laughs) But no, like if you turn it into your superpower, then that victim mentality just dissipates. It disappears. And also um, you being able to take action on your life is so much more empowering than blaming other people and other things around you. It's And it's not that you mean any harm by the blame towards others. It's just, it's not serving you. It's not serving anyone. It's just going to make you more miserable and you more stuck. Um, And again, it's a shame that, you know, certain experts might be telling people you are predisposed to this, like you're doomed Um, or not explaining the situation properly. But don't ever feel like that. Like there is going to be some sort of a way out or some sort of a, um, healing journey somewhere just persevere and make sure that you take your own health into your own hands I think that's so so important be the active participant in your own health in your own journey don't let anyone else dictate it for you yeah because if you do have that predisposition like that was fucking awesomely said if you do have that predisposition and you give that the power over your health you're not going to want to take action because it's like well it's hopeless Mm -hmm. And I, I love taking full responsibility for everything. Even if something is not my fault, I still take responsibility for it. Not in the sense of like, I'm beating myself. (laughs) Not in the sense, (laughs) let me explain. Not in the sense of this is, this is my fault and I'm at, I'm at fault and there is something wrong with me and this and that. I take that on board because for example, like any situation out there it could even just be socializing at a party if someone gets like offended by something that i said and then i'm like okay well i said that like that has fucking never happened but well maybe i don't know but if i take that on board and i say oh that was my fault instead of like well they shouldn't be such a fucking snowflake and this and that and insert boomer mentality if i actually take that on board and i say okay was it something that i said was it this? Was it that? Okay, this, that. And then I run through everything and I'm like, hmm, I, like it could have been, but mm. I don't know. Then, you know, maybe yeah. I'll ask Beth and be like, okay, was it this? Was it that? And they go, oh, no, they just have like this issue with this and they don't like bringing it up and they also don't like confrontation. Then I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Anybody could have said that and it is a normal thing to happen in a conversation, but they don't like it. So they're upset. And then as soon as I've clarified that with myself, then I can give it away because it's not mm-hmm. affecting me. And it's just such a quick process of, oh, that's my fault and my responsibility. I'm going to see if like that was me and if there's anything that I can do to be better in the future. Okay, cool. Maybe I'll take that on board for the next conversation that comes up. And this is how I'm also evolving as a coach as well for making those mistakes and making those decisions. But 
taking everything on board is my responsibility because I refuse to give power over myself to someone yeah. else. If I keep yeah. blaming someone else or I go, well, that's their fault and they have to go deal with it. If I take that responsibility, I'm in full control. And particularly for people with anxiety, if you keep blaming other stuff, yeah, you're going to be anxious because you're waiting for someone else to validate you and say, no, 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 it's okay because of this stuff. Hey, I saw that on Instagram today, actually. Really? <laughs> I saw a reel of someone saying that, like, why, like, uh, one of the main reasons there is so much anxiety is people are, um, we've been taught to blame other things and other people for things happening. Uh, there you go. There you go. Yeah. I should be more famous than I am. But anyway, um, <laughs> and that's everyone else's fault. So if you are not, <laughs> you are not sharing the podcast. But I think what you were saying is also it's it's just uh, understanding other people's perspectives as well. So not blaming others is going to allow you to see their perspective better, which is going to make you understand them more be able to connect to them more which then will be able to connect to you better which in turn will make you happier so you'll be less stressed so yes Boom. it's exactly <laughs> how good was that <laughs> you can see the cogs turning in my head yeah. um i feel like understanding other people's perspectives this is just like a whole different topic but um, is really really powerful within itself but again it's like you being in control of yourself and putting the power within you to not feel affected by the external things around you hmm. and then to take yeah. that full circle as well when we have all of that and obviously it is affecting you to go back to our original thing at the start of the podcast it was the if the doctor is giving this to be able to understand his perspective he's just wanting to give an answer yeah. this is what it is oh exactly. okay cool so they may not be saying that this is what it is and it's all hopeless that could be your perspective of it to say like mm -hmm. oh it's all hopeless but from the doctor's perspective they're just like i just want to figure out what this answer is and give this give this person an answer and it's like oh yeah. you're genetically predisposed to this there you go there's the answer and mm -hmm. if we if our perspective of that is oh well that's the full stop and we don't question it like Almost nobody is going to answer a question with a question. Very yeah. few people do it these days. We do it all the fucking time. But a lot of people are trying to figure out the answer. But then when they get the answer and they don't like the answer, they go, well, and hands up in the air. That's why I love asking so many people because like, hey, should I do this? I don't know. Do you feel like you should? I love asking. I love answering with a question because then it puts it back onto the person instead of yeah. I have all of my opinions and belief systems and the question that you've just asked, it's a very simple answer. And I know what the answer is, but I don't know the context of your life and how you're going to deal with that answer. So I'm going to put it back onto you. What do you feel like you should do? Do you have the capacity for it right now? And then that starts turning everything into a question that is going to enable that person, regardless of their predispositions to be able to take back control of their life. Yeah. Yeah. And like, yeah exactly um, <laughs> Mate, i can't drop this and one. It's, 
Well, it's interesting what you said, because um, when it comes to what you said about doctors, yeah, I actually like I, I agree with you. It's like when I so I when I found out that I had SVT, I went to I had a cardiologist appointment and I said, like, do I need to like change anything in my life? Because he said you like we could have surgery, you could go on medications, but just monitor it and see if it gets worse. And then we'll see how we go. Um, and I was like, OK, so what does that mean? Does do I have to give any, like, do I have to change anything in my life? Like I drink coffee, I do regular exercise, I, um, you know, drink alcohol and stuff. And he was just like, nah, nah, don't worry about it. Like, you know, just, um, yeah, he didn't, he didn't say to change anything. It was, I found it quite bizarre at the time, but, <laughs> but then I have to look at it from the perspective because afterwards I was just like, oh, that's strange. I feel like coffee really doesn't sit well with me. Even decaf coffee, like it seems to be a trigger for me, um, mm. as well as things like chocolate and fatty foods and stuff. Um, and when he said that afterwards, I was just like, you know what? He's a cardiologist, but he was a, 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 a sur specifically a surgeon. So he that's that's his... Hmm. that's his um what do you call it his niche right so he's he's coming at it from that perspective so I didn't blame him for his answer whatsoever like I knew that there was another answer for me um and interestingly after that consultation I bought a book on Chinese medicine and it was discussing the difference between Chinese medicine and western medicine and how the Chinese medicine they make you the active participant so this is where hmm. I was like oh, that's so true. Anyway, when I was reading up on that and then I went to go see the natural health doctor who said I can change my lifestyle and then be able to handle all this better, I was just like, oh, that's the answer for me. But that I never, I never looked down or, or saw that cardiologist in a bad light because he was just coming at it from his perspective, from his knowledge base, um, because that's, what he's there for that's his job that's his background his expertise um so yeah it's i don't know where i was going with that but having other people's know. perspective on it yes other people yeah. and like not blaming others and making them look bad and yeah which made mm. me feel happier about the situation like i don't see him in a negative light it's just it is what it is and i went to go somewhere else and found an answer that worked better for me, a solution that was going to help me better because I didn't want to go on medication. And I didn't want to have surgery. Yeah. Perfect. And that's, um, yeah. yeah. I mean, I tell my clients that as well. They're like, I had this coach and it was shit and it did this and it did that. I don't even know most of these coaches. I mean, some of them are pretty big names, big name, bikini bodybuilder stuff. And I'm like, that's not going to work out because that's it. That's their career. So of course they're going to be like, Hey, get in the gym for 90 minutes. Uh, but you also have to do 30 minutes of cardio in the morning while fasted and do this and that. I'm like, yeah, that's a fucking second job. I don't want to do that. Like, I would not do that. Um, well, when I competed, I didn't do that. <laughs> you're better maybe than I was just really, Maybe I was just really lazy. <laughs> well. But the, like, whatever coach or program that they've previously done, it's don't blame that for not working because theoretically it can work yes it may be a shit path or a rather unideal path and of course if you've got the coaches out there that are selling a thousand programs a day there is bound to be at least two to five people in there that see really good results and then they're getting two to five really good testimonials out of a thousand and then they're marketing those two to five so of course 
that's what people are going to see. And then it's like, oh, it's rather shit. At the same time, that program could be the thing that gave you the skill set to know how to track calories and macros to the T. Maybe you were just doing it wrong or not doing it wrong, but maybe you were doing it in a way that is leading you to just this body type and wasn't taking into account all of these other factors, but it gave you a skill set. And then you've gone off and done another program that gave you a different skill set of how to work out or how to lift properly. Then you've gone and done another program. Yes, they may not have gotten you the ideal results that you wanted, but you did learn something from it so that by the time people get to us and they go, and I go, have you tracked calories macros before? Yep. It was fucking shit. And I never want to do it again. And then I explain how and why we track calories macros. I go, oh, that actually sounds pretty damn good. I'd be keen to give that a go. And it's like, sweet. All of the skill sets that they're learning from other people have brought them to us to be in a, a really good position to be able to change their lives because of the skill sets that they've got. I wish it didn't have to come off the back of like five years and 12 different programs and all of that wasted money because we could have just we could have just ultimately given well, them it's, it's, probably I two programs for the same cost. Yeah, hmm. I, I get it, but it, I just don't see it as a waste because then I could look back at all the things that, oh my gosh, I've spent thousands of pounds and dollars on my health. And if I was hmm. to look back at it and be like, yeah, a lot of that money didn't help me at the time, but looking hmm. back at it, like I definitely yeah. learned something from every every single situation. Like for instance, to give you an example, I uh, when I was going through... I had histamine intolerance really badly at one stage. And um, I didn't, I had no idea what histamine intolerance was. So when I was reacting to different foods and they made totally no sense whatsoever, like I was getting hives from eating yogurt. I was getting a rash around my mouth from my boyfriend kissing me after he ate dark chocolate. I was, um, what else happened? I had, I had some re like I had wheezing from nuts and all of these different things just didn't make sense. And it wasn't like, one specific allergy yet i got referred to uh, one of the top allergists in the uk or uh, in london and i went there and <laughs> he i told him look i know i have pollen allergy syndrome i know that i'm allergic to this this and this this that's not what i'm here for i want to know what's going on with this this and this and it was I think the consultation was 500 pounds i then had to pay another 500 pounds for the test and then when I got the results back from the test, he literally, the test came up with everything that I knew already. And like, I learned nothing in terms of like the histamine intolerance. He just confirmed all the allergies that I knew I had already. And I was just like, this isn't helpful. And then, <laughs> and then they called me up and they, they said, do you want to go have another consultation with him to go over the results? And I was like, fuck no that's going to cost me another 300 pounds I was like yeah. no I'm good thank you and I was like oh my god that was such a waste but now I know it was a lot of money to learn this one thing but it taught me that allergists don't uh don't work with like gut issues and gut imbalances and all these things they're just like on this is the well this is what I learned from this specific allergist anyway maybe other allergists mm. are different different but his speciality was in this route so I knew not to go to an allergist again I knew to go to someone like a natural health doctor someone who worked at like a gut specialist someone who worked with the gut and mm. I learned that from that and yes okay it was a lot of money but I still got something really useful out of it <laughs> yep. yeah yeah that's awesome I um 
Yeah, similar story. I spent $20,000 on my first business coach, didn't make a single dollar back from, and they had like a, this was years ago, but they had a $100,000 guarantee where if you don't have a $100,000 business and then in the fine print, it was if you make $2,000 in a week, that's your $100,000 business. Like, And it was a year-long coaching program. So they said, we have a $100,000 guarantee. If you do not have a $100,000 business by the end of the program, we will give you all of your money back. In fine print, it was essentially you had to make $2,000 in a single week through the 12-month program. If you have that $2,000 week, theoretically, all you need to do is exactly what you did during that week and multiply that by 52, there's your $100,000 business. And they got us to start charging like 2000 and like I started charging 2000 for the program and I was like, no one's going to do that. I am depressed. I am anxious. I hate my life. I do do this. I feel like I'm just a chubby little white boy out here. And they're like, <laughs> that's too bad. Like you're still a good coach. And then it was a whole thing. And that was like years and years and years ago. And I was like, okay, didn't make a, like didn't get a single client to sign up through any of that. And it was awful. And then the coach ended up losing his business and going bankrupt and really just being an overall shit person and had to change his name because of how badly he tarnished it. And that was $20,000. At the time I was pissed. I was furious. I was like, this guy's like ruined my life and how am I going to pay it back and this and that. And I should sue him and do this. And as things started getting along, I was like, well, I know what not to do. So I'm just going to do the opposite of that and do what I want to do. And then I started doing what I felt like I wanted to do and how I wanted the business to go. And then people just started signing up and people were just like, that's cool. I want that. And I was like, what the hell is going on? And then the more that I've started like developing the business, even right now, I'm still using stuff that I learned from him about how not to handle business, how not to scale business, how not to treat employees and how not to structure things. I didn't realize that was what I was learning at the time. It's a fucking expensive thing. And I needed that money at the time. Because yeah. I had two thousand dollars after working for six months, I was not making good money. That was my ten percent deposit. So, off the back of that, it was just like I'm just going to figure it out. I'm just going to do it by myself and figure it out. And it was hard, and I hated it. Thank God that I had Beth's support, but it was just like I'm just going to figure it out. And I did. It was a very expensive mi mistake slash learning opportunity, but it also got me on the right path to be like, well, if I can spend $20,000 on something that doesn't work, I'm, I'm pretty sure I can spend $6,000 on this coach who I feel like is going to work. And even if it doesn't, it's better than this. And I'm, curr I'm currently nearly at $80,000 in personal development from that point up until now. And I mean, if I didn't spend all of that, I could put that down as a house deposit, but then at the same time, I wouldn't be where I am. So learning all of that that was the first diving in deep and actually like committing to something that i was just like i'm gonna do this and it paid off horribly at the time but then <laughs> 24 months and later I was like, wow. yeah i'm yeah. like wow i actually learned so much from that person on like what not to do hired a different coach okay. and then it was like hey you know how we did all of this in like this different program i was like yeah like please don't make me do it and he's like no we're gonna do the opposite of that because you're the person that's like creative and this and that so let's do that how is that going to work? And he's like, you'll figure it out. I was like, okay. So we started doing all that. Here we are still working with that coach, like mm -hmm. three, four, four years on, I don't know, a long time on. There we go. Yeah. And then a whole bunch of other programs. So 
it put me in the position we're, to be able to succeed later. Yeah. We're turning it into our superpowers. Exactly. <laughs> all that wasted money, all those genes, like we're, we're doing good. <laughs> we're doing, we're doing, we could be doing better. We could not have three <laughs> separate mental health issues in, in the one brain, but you know what? We're, we're doing well. We're adapting. It is our superpower. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah. Is there anything else that you want to add on? Because I I loved every moment of this. Yeah, well, I mean, it took us a long time to get to this point, but we... We did. <laughs> we did. If you haven't seen it all already, because I don't know when this is going to get put out or anything like that, but there's... What have we got? 23 minutes. There is 23 minutes of us crying and laughing and snotting and all of that fun <laughs> stuff before we actually got onto this podcast. Uh, and this is our third attempt at doing it because we were just laughing too much. So you'll see the bloopers. You'll see all the fun stuff coming out of that. And it's going to be awesome. And it's probably going to it's gonna give you an awesome scene for this podcast. I reckon yeah. it's going to be hilarious. <laughs> yeah, well, I, we actually got something. I feel like this was good. This was a good conversation yeah. when I got my act together. It was. It was good. I enjoyed it. Well, anyway um those bloopers will be out at some point and this podcast will be out at some point but you don't know that because you're obviously listening to it now and you don't care about the conversation i'm having now that's going to be predicting the future which is the present for you that's listening so uh suck it that's fine <laughs> and yeah if you want to be involved in the podcast if you want to hear a particular topic discussed or if you have questions go to instagram get the link in the bio which is the link tree and join the Discord community because we are in there asking people, what do you want to hear about? What are the topics that you want to discuss? And the next one that we're going to be putting out is going to be community questions. So get involved with the Discord if you want to be involved with the podcast. If you oh like God. this, yeah. Sorry, I just remembered I forgot to send I forgot to send someone a Discord link. I got to do that, sorry. <laughs> That's okay. We also send Discord links, so <laughs> we can do that. Um, <laughs> But yeah, get involved with the Discord. That's going to be awesome. And then if you liked this podcast, it would mean the world if you can share it because obviously we don't, I mean, people listen to the podcast, they resonate with it and then they want to sign up. But this podcast isn't anything that we're going to be making money off of or monetizing this podcast. And we're not going to ask you for anything through this. We're just giving you behind the scenes looks and trying to give you as much value as we can. Hopefully it hits the point where you don't need to sign up because we're giving you way too much fucking value. But um, we will cross that bridge for right now. If this was awesome and you enjoyed it, rate us give us a five star or wherever it is that you're listening i don't know how to ask for ratings and stuff because i don't know where people listen to this so give us the max rating wherever you listen if you don't don't worry about it just leave it you can just leave it um share it tag people do all that fun stuff but otherwise have an awesome week enjoy yourselves and yeah i think that's it is there anything else that you want to quickly add on laura no not good <laughs> Thanks for <laughs> <laughs> awesome well everybody thank you for joining us have an awesome week uh, if you need us get in the discord community so that you can actually talk to us one-on-one -on -one. but otherwise we'll speak to you soon and see you in the next one <laughs>